You are now listening to the Flurry Podcast, hosted by Marquise Rawls. Before we get into any of the fights, uh, first and foremost, it's R.I.P. Rest in peace to Marvin Hagler, one of the best middleweight fighters of all time, who definitely has legendary fights that will last as long as the sport of boxing itself. Rest in peace. So this past week was a nice trilogy of big fights with a big fight that came on last week as well that I didn't really talk about because I didn't do an episode. So I'm going to try to cover all four fights this episode. So this one is going to be a lengthy one. So the first one I will talk about is the Chocolatito versus uh, Estrada fight, the rematch. They first fought like eight or nine years ago with Chocolatito getting the win. But eight or nine years later, they're back. They're older, smarter, wiser. You know, both are further on in the career. So let's see how this one turned out. So definitely going into the fight, I had a, uh, I predicted Estrada was going to win uh, just because he seemed to be like the person who was closer to his peak right now uh chocolatito is definitely still a high level elite level fighter but uh you know he he declined just a little bit uh, a little bit due to age and the two losses to uh rung vizier didn't help at all so i felt like estrada he was closer to his peak so i predicted estrada winning this fight but actually sitting down and watching the fight i had chocolatito winning now in the beginning of the fight, right, like the first three or four rounds, I definitely felt like Estrada was winning more of those. It seemed like he was doing more. It seemed like his punches were, were being more effective, and he was doing some good body work as well. Uh, Chocolatito, he he was still coming forward, but he wasn't. He was still coming forward, but he wasn't being effective as of just yet coming forward in the earlier rounds. But once like round five hit. And then Chocolatito, he really just started having success. He started landing. And um, he was just, he was getting a straddle on the ropes and everything. I think from then on, he was just taking control of the fight. He was landing. He was throwing. And he, he was literally having his way. Uh, Estrada was still doing some good work. Still landing some big punches. Still landing some good body shots. His body work in this fight, I think it... it it went underrated. Uh, I think it missed. I think a lot of people missed uh, the body work that he was doing. Hence why people say that Chocolatito got robbed. I definitely think that Chocolatito started winning more of the rounds in, in the, the middle of the fight and later on in the fight. So I had Chocolatito winning seven rounds to Estrada's five. So let me look at the copy box stats first. Uh, show you, Tell you some of the stats. And then I will tell you. The bullshit judging that we just saw last night. So according to CompuBox stats, Estrada landed 314 punches out of 1,200 for 26% total punches. Compared to Chocolatito who landed 391 punches out of 1,300 punches. That is ridiculous. They landed 2,500 total combined punches. And they landed just about, well, they landed a little bit over 700 
150 punches uh, total. This was literally a war, a crazy, crazy war. I'm, I'm definitely happy that I saw it. The power punches is Chocolatito landed 352 power punches. And Estrada landed 297 power punches. But like I said before, Estrada was doing some really, really good body work um, throughout the entire fight that a lot of people was overlooking a little bit. And uh, Estrada landed 89 body punches to Chocolatito's 31. The first judge scored it 115-130 for Chocolatito, which is what I had. Like I said, I think Chocolatito won 7 uh, Strata won five. There was one or two rounds where I can say it was like really, really close that I can see uh, someone saying the Strata won, but I just feel like uh, Chocolatito, he might have won based off, you know, he probably landed a couple more uh, cleaner punches because Chocolatito, when Chocolatito really got the ball rolling, his punches, they were cleaner. They, they were sharper. He was like becoming more accurate. Like he he just opened the floodgates, the floodgate of the leather gloves was flying at Estrada and Estrada did his best to return his own flood. But I don't think it was enough. Uh, the second judge was the egregious, the egregious, disgusting judging, the disgusting judging. And I didn't even look up this person's name, so I don't have his name on hand or woman. I don't know if it was a woman or a man, but I don't have this person's name on hand. But they scored it 117 to 111 for Estrada. That's when I knew, oh, nah, this, we're about to see some bullshit. About to see some bullshit. There's absolutely no way you can watch that fight and in your mind say, Chocolatito only won three rounds and Estrada won nine. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. From round five to 10, literally from like round five to 10, you can say that Chocolatito won those five or six rounds in a row, in a row. And that's like the minimum. That's the minimum. You could give Chocolatito a six. And this person said three, nah. I need this person looked at, investigated. I need someone to check his bank statement or check their bank statement because somewhere, somewhere, somehow they got to check that's written for a million dollars from Team Estrada. Because ain't no way we watched the same fight and you thought Estrada won nine rounds. Then the last judge had a 115-113 for Estrada, which, like I said before, I'm not too mad at. Uh, there was a couple close rounds that if you can, if if you, you know, look at it from a different perspective or a different angle, I can see Estrada, um, someone swaying their opinion that Estrada might have won one or two more rounds. So 115, 113, I'm not mad at it. I don't agree with it, but not mad at it. Overall, Chocolatito, he did not get robbed. So please stop saying that Chocolatito got robbed. It's 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 not like the fight wasn't close at all. The fight was a very close fight, and it was a war. But at the end of the day, the fight came out how we all expected it to come out. It matched and met all our expectations. And that's all I can ask for. That's all I can ask for. There's nothing I can do about judging. There's nothing the boxers could do about judging. There's nothing that, that the promoters could do about the bad judging in boxing. But one thing we can ensure 
and we can still control is the matchups that happen and seeing fantastic fights. And this was a fantastic matchup that everyone knew was going to be a goddamn war. And that's exactly what it was. So a round of applause to Estrada and Chocolatito. Uh, the next fight I am going to talk about is the Rungvizier fight. Uh, I forget the name of the person that he fought. But Rungvizier, he's the same guy. He beat Chocolatito twice. Uh, he fought Estrada two times. I believe he won the first one, but Estrada beat him the second time. If if I'm correct, I believe I, I am correct. But this fight was uh, a title eliminator fight to see who fights the winner of Chocolatito versus Estrada. And uh, his opponent, I wasn't too familiar with him. I didn't do my research on him, so I apologized to that guy. I, I just didn't you know, really feel like it. But I still would have thought that he would have put up a good fight. He's in a title eliminator fight. I already knew that Rungvizier was going to win, but I didn't think he was going to win like that. He absolutely crushed that guy. He crushed that guy. I have to keep going back to what Meek Mill said. There's levels to the shit. There's levels to the shit. And that guy just wasn't on Rungvizier's level. Rungvizier, he was on a mission. He had tunnel vision to this guy's face. And his fist was the freight train. And it was on the express line. And it just kept coming to that guy's face. And that guy had nothing. After round two, I was like, nah, just like, just stop the fight now. Don't even give this guy a chance to come back. I usually like to give people a chance to come back. But this is one of those fights where after two rounds, I already knew there's no way that this guy has a chance of coming back. Now, miracles have happened, but it's not going to happen this fight. So that one, it's no point of of me even saying the stats. He knocked him out. He got him out of there. Now, we need to see Renvizia versus Estrada, the trilogy fight. I don't want to see no Chocolatito versus Estrada trilogy. We just saw them fight. We need the Estrada versus Renvizia fight three to happen. That's the one I'm campaigning for. Fight number three. We're almost halfway done with this episode. Almost halfway done. Fight number three was Clarissa Shields versus, let me get this lady's name so I don't butcher her name up, okay, Maria Eve. Uh, Her last name, I'm not even going to attempt. I'm going to call her Maria Eve. Clarissa Shields versus Maria Eve. It was a pay-per-view event on, I believe, uh, was it Fight TV? Was that the platform? I know it wasn't Triller. I believe it was Fight TV was the platform for the pay-per-view event. Um, in this fight, I have obviously been saying how great and fantastic Shields is. And I personally believe that she should be in a top 10 pound for pound list. But, you know, still a little sexism. So I can't control that. But she's coming into this fight. Maria Eve, very good fighter. Uh, but it's, it's, it's levels to this shit, man. There's no female boxer that I believe can touch Shields at all. Shields absolutely obliterated this lady. She dominated her every single round, every single second, every single nanosecond of this fight. 
She even walked to the ring better. You can't find no woman who could beat Shields in the 154 division or 160 division or 168 division. You can't find nobody. It's getting so bad that she she is willing to starve herself to go to welterweight 147 just to find some good competition. And even then, even then, I don't think she's going to find anyone on her level. So with this win, I don't care what no one says. She has to be top five pound for pound after this win. I don't care what no one says. I don't care what order you put it in. I don't care what other four people you have in there with her or four people you have above her. But she needs to be in top five pound for pound. And anyone who disagrees, you misogynist it. So fuck you. The fourth fight is upon us in this one was the rematch between Cecilia Bracus versus Jessica McCaskill. Uh, if you saw the first one, that one was, a, I would like to say, a, a very close fight. Uh, but Bracus, she definitely did not win the first one. I felt like McCaskill, she, she, she did just enough to win. Uh, she was just the more aggressive person. It seemed like she just wanted it more. And uh, Bracus, she just seemed to overexert herself a little bit too much to the point where she was just, you know, sometimes you could do too much. And the first one, it seemed like she was just doing a little bit too much. So I was hoping that the second one, she would come in a little bit more prepared, uh, a little bit more in in peak shape, you know, and craft a game plan. But um, I will say I will I might have to watch this fight a second time uh, with a more sobering eyes and mindset to see the every single little nuance that happened but upon first watch I have McCaskill winning as, as well not saying that Bracus like wasn't doing anything in my opinion she came almost similar to how she came the first time and McCaskill she was just landing the bigger punches she was as I said the aggressor and her aggressiveness was effective it was effective and McCaskill, she she's fighting off her back foot, fighting off the ropes a little bit. She's grabbing and everything. She she's fighting a fight where it looks like that person is losing. She's she's fighting like she's losing the fight already. Even though I can see how someone will say that Breakus uh won the fight because some of the rounds were a little little bit close. But like I said, I gotta watch it again. I have to watch it again. Some of the rounds were a little bit close from my memory. But she was still fighting like she was losing the fight. And, and Jessica McCaskill, she was just landing bombs. Um, she was landing looping hooks. She was landing jabs and hooks and everything. And, and she was landing the more obvious, bigger punches. She would land two big punches, then then Breakus would start holding. So that's like, come on. If you get punched twice and you start holding, you're making it very easy for like for someone to say you're losing this fight but i'm definitely gonna watch the fight again but on first watch i had mccaskill winning and i think the judges i think they got it right i don't think any judge had any super wide margins i don't think they did i gotta damn i really didn't do my research on this fight (laughs) next time i will good fight though Uh, i recommend anyone watch it it's definitely fantastic fight the winner of this fight uh, should fight Katie Taylor. So McCaskill versus Katie Taylor, 2021. Let's get it. 
Let's make it happen. I'm tired of waiting for fights. 2021, it's all action wars. McCaskill versus Katie Taylor would be fantastic. And my money is on Katie Taylor. On Katie Taylor. Now, power shots landed. I think the power shots, like I said, McCaskill, she was landing the bigger and cleaner um, power shots. So I think that's where we really got to focus in on. McCaskill landed 116 power shots out of 344 for 34%. Rakos landed 83 power punches out of 261 for 32%. And while that's not that wide of a margin relative to, um, you know, the sport of boxing, you have to remember in women's boxing is 10 rounds, two minutes each round. So they don't have the same amount of time. So while if this was a men's um, boxing fight, that like 30 punch difference is not that wide. But in women's, um, so the stats in itself, it, it favors McCaskill. So, I can understand why people saying that McCaskill won the fight. I will watch the fight a second time to look at the perspective that I have been reading about. Because I've heard people say that Breakus won seven rounds. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't think I see that. <laughs> I don't think I see that. But uh, there's definitely, and it's quite a few people who's been saying that too. So, I will try to see where you guys are coming from or you women you ladies, you people are coming from. So I will watch the fight a second time. We made it. This episode is not as long as I thought it was going to be. I was going to, I was thinking it was going to be like 50 fucking minutes. Oh man, the shorter the episodes, the easier it is for me to edit these episodes. So I'm glad it's only uh, like 21 minutes, 22 minutes so far. I will try to keep this under 30 just for myself. To make it easier for myself. But the last fight is David Benavidez versus Ellis. And Ellis is a tough son of a bitch, man. I will say that. He has quick hands. He's actually a very, very good fighter. Um, Even though he took a lot of punishment uh, from David Benavidez. He did show he has a lot of skill and good ring IQ. So, round of applause for Ellis and his performance. Uh, so let me read some of the stats of the fights. Uh, Benavidez, total punches landed 341 out of 733 for 47%. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you're just reading that stat alone. It's it's scary. And you know this fight didn't even go 12 rounds. So imagine if they finished the 11th and had another full round to go. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Ronald Ellis landed 184 out of 670 for 27%. Power punches. Benavidez landed 289 out of 531 for 54%. 54%. And what is the famous saying? If you land close or above 50% of your power punches... Most times than not, you won that fight. And Benavidez won this fight, Claire. You can't debate this one. If anyone debates this fight, you're sick in the head. Uh, Ronald Ellis landed 95 power punches out of 336 for 28%. 
and this fight was ended round 11 when the ref just saw it and he just knew Ellis you've had enough you've taken enough you you've done enough Benavidez Benavidez you've done enough I'm stopping this for Ellis's safety and his health and it was a good decision I wouldn't have mind if they have done it in round uh, in round 10 because he was taking a lot of punishment but you know David Benavidez when he turns it up and he starts throwing those lightning fast combinations where he throws like 10 punches back to back to back and then you can't block it and he's moving your hands and going around your defense oh man it was super punishment that Ellis was taking and it was really a fantastic showing by Benavidez because Ellis was slick and he was crafty and despite him taking taking a lot of punches he actually did have some good defense a lot of the power punches that Benavidez was landing they wasn't clean or like really flush uh Ellis was rolling with a lot of them he was like partially blocking a lot of them so it's not like Ellis was a standstill punching bag and um he had pretty quick hands himself like the first half of the fight when he was using his jab really really well um he was slipping punches then you know a little pop shot jab he had some good counters that David Benavidez just really didn't care about because Benavidez he's one of those fighters where you know he wants to feel your power and once he feels the power and realizes oh this guy can't hurt me he's not even gonna attempt to block your punches you know he he might attempt to block some or you know like dodge some because you don't want to take like 30 punches around no one wants to but um it's definitely something where he's not going to worry too much about your power or you hitting him because he knows that even if you hit me one time i'm going to hit you two times and my two punches is going to do severe damage to you but david benavidez he needs to get his defense up and i understand ellis wasn't no no elite level fighter but he he was a really good fighter and the same punches that he landed if a elite level or even borderline elite level um, fighter landed those same punches it's a different story if you fight Daniel Jacobs and Daniel Jacobs land those same punches it's gonna sting a little bit more you fight Charlo and Charlo land those punches I don't know he he might drop you Charlo got some real power you fight Caleb Plant well Caleb Plant he's not that hard of a puncher but he's slick um, he has very fantastic ring movement so David Benavidez, his his lack of defense, these high level fighters, they will capitalize on it and they and they will beat him. Not saying that they'll knock him out, but they will beat him, whether it be by unanimous decision or on split decision or points or whatever it is. They will beat him. Even if he goes and fights Canelo. Canelo has this this mystery strength that it comes from the Mexican heavens or the gods where he he just comes and he just destroys your body and you want to fight canelo with your lack of defense you know david benavidez man i love you as a fighter bro but nah cuz that's that's not it cuzzo you got to get your defense up you got to learn how to have good head movement not just head movement you have to have good head movement because ellis was landing jabs that i'm like Bro, he landed that same jab on you five times in a row. Why are you not, like, moving your head? He landed that same jab now eight times on you. You don't, like, make adjustments to dodge that same shot? 
And Ellis, he was landing body shots as well that landed the same punch over and over and over again. And David Benavidez, he wasn't making adjust the defensive adjustments to block or avoid those punches. And I think moving forward, he just has to up his defense if he really wants to to beat these elite guys. If you want to beat these elite guys, you can't rely solely on your offense. You can't. Because elite fighters, they have the best of both. And that is all for this episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this one. I definitely enjoyed this one. I will have to watch the Breakus and McCaskill fight again. That is my homework. And once again, rest in peace to Marvin Hagler and condolences to his family. I'm out. Peace, King. You were just listening to the Flurry Podcast hosted by Monkeys Rawls. Come back for the next episode or go back and listen to the previous ones if you haven't done so. 